Welcome to The Grow Show, powered by Steel. On The Grow Show, we share ideas, tips, tactics, and insights to help you grow your landscaping business based on our team's 40 years of experience running a landscaping company and working with other owners and their teams to do the same. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Without further ado, here's your host, Marty Grunder. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever the case may be. This is Marty Grunder from Grunder Landscaping Company and the Grow Group with another exciting edition of the Grow Show, powered by steel. Well, I hope all of you are doing well. We've gotten past July 4th at this point. Business is really good here. Business is good in the Grow Group. I'm seeing a lot of positive things going on. Sure, there are challenges, but in life, folks, I think we're always better off looking at challenges as opportunities for improvement and to not dwell on them and let us get us down. Because if you watch the news on a daily basis, misery loves company, however you want to describe that mindset, it's just not healthy and and I don't go there. Today, we want to talk about something that does make a difference in your business, and that is quality. And quality is something that I have always focused on. We're celebrating our 39th year in business. Next year will be our 40th year in business which can mean only one thing, folks, and that means that Marty is old. Yes, I am old. Okay, hopefully still energetic, though. Quality, it does make an impact, and it sells your next job. And I often tell the owners and leaders of landscaping companies that quality should always be your main focus, because when you do a quality job, folks, good things happen from that. So today on The Grow Show, we wanted to spend some time talking to you about how do we do quality work in our company? How do how do we train our team to do quality work? You know, what are all those about? So let's first talk about, and, and all of our experience here on The Grow Show, when we talk about contractors, they come from other landscape pros. In this instance, I'm going to share with you what we're doing at Grunder Landscaping Company. In the next coming years, you'll hear me introduce numerous owners and leaders from landscaping companies all across the United States and Canada as we talk to them and gain more insight from them as well. But we're going to talk today about how Grunder Landscaping Company specifically trains for quality. Look, we're landscape professionals, right? So we better know how to landscape, right? You go to your accountant to get what? Accounting services. You go to your doctor to get what? medical services. You go to your lawyer to get what? Law services. You go to the car repair shop to get what? To get your car fixed. Okay. So pretty basic form of understanding here that quality matters. And I always say that the best form of marketing is to do a great job. And if you dig deep in this a little bit, what's the best way to attract good team members? I think it's doing good work. I know when we do recruiting and we show pictures of the jobs that we've done, we show the quality of our equipment, our facilities, Young people and old people out looking for a job, they like quality, okay? What's the best way to have a strong, profitable company? Yep, you guessed it, doing good work. So quality is in the eye of the beholder, though, and that's something that I've learned here the last several years. What are your clients' expectations for quality? Because I think, quite frankly, you can over go overboard on quality. You know, years ago, we had these Barreto rototillers. Fantastic rototillers. They were like eight or $9,000 a piece. We had a couple of them and we got them because Ohio soils are clay and we thought we were doing a lot of good rototilling. And we would rototill and rototill and rototill. And quite frankly, we didn't see plants performing that much better. We didn't see it being worth what we were charging the client. So we stopped rototilling to the degree that we do. We still do some rototilling, folks. 
But metaphorically speaking, what is the rototilling in your company? What are the things that you're doing that maybe you think you're adding value, but you're really not? You, you've got to look at those things from a horticulture perspective. You've got to look at them from a quality perspective. You've got to measure the impact that some of the services and the steps you're taking in the service. Are they really worth the cost of doing it? And creating quality standards, ladies and gentlemen, make sure that we have the proper balance between what needs to be done and what we'd like to be done. You may have a client that says, listen, I know you don't rototill all the beds, but I'm, you know, a really particular kind of person. So I'd like you to rototill. Go ahead and do it. But when we start bidding commercial work and we were bidding it the same way we were doing high end residential work, it just becomes very difficult. So what are the rototilling? Where are the things that maybe you thought were adding a lot of value, but they're really not? You know, again, what are the activities that are horticulturally necessary? What does the client expect? How do they want their client to look? How do they want their property to look? What activities add value in your client's eyes? Which ones don't? And again, as we just mentioned, more succinctly said here, is the price in line with the cost to perform at this level of quality? We right now at Grunder have a semi-retired team member who does a lot of our teaching and manages our technical training. Right now, Dalton Yates, our director of production operations, he got deployed to Iraq for a year in the army. So we're, we're getting by, we're limping along without him. Dalton listens to the podcast. Hello, Dalton over in Iraq. Dalton will be back in about 40 days. So we'll be able to get a little bit better flow for the training, but we've done a really good job. Our longtime employee that's semi-retired has done a great job with that. Him, along with our group leaders, which you might call production managers, we have four group leaders. Each group leader is responsible for five to seven crews. I think we run 23 crews here at Grunder. He teaches our, our semi-retired former employee, Walt is his name. He teaches our group leaders, our team leaders, and we talk about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, you know, in the most frequent kind of work that we do. Our team leaders, it is then expected of them after they're taught every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. is when that training goes on. The other people on the crew show up at 8. We get a late start that day. But the team leaders then, it's their job to teach their team how to do what we train them. So if we did something on building a bed and how you prepare a bed properly, that's on them when they go out on the job to be able to teach that. We have a handout that we give them. It's in English and Spanish. They can read it on the way over to the job, go over what we just talked about. And then we try to instill those traits in our folks and go downhill. At the end of the day, our group leaders are responsible for overseeing our crews and they're out there looking at jobs. Salespeople are looking at jobs and we're giving feedback, okay, with these regular site audits on the quality that we're doing. Now, let me tell you when I mentioned a couple minutes ago about beauty in the eye of the beholder and quality being someone. I don't know if you're familiar with a plant called Cetamella cambianum. It's a, it's a spreading, low-growing perennial that's, that's very popular in Ohio. Reportedly around here, they think they're going to put that all over my gravesite when I die 49 years from now, which would make me over 100. And it's a joke around here, but it's a lovely plant and it does really well. Like if you want to put it around boulders and let it suck up into the nooks and crannies of the boulders. Well, I have some at my house in front of a water feature that's next to my driveway. And I like to see them to be trimmed off the driveway. And I like to, to trim it on a straight line along the driveway. Then it flushes out a little bit of new growth and it covers up that rough edge and it looks good. Well, that's what they did at my house. So they then went to one of our other really good clients' house that has sedum, and she has it growing in a similar spot over her sidewalk, and it had grown out into the sidewalk about a foot and a half, and we cut that off in a straight line because that's what we did at Marty's house. 
she was in tears. We had to go over there and talk to her and console her. Okay. Neither one is right or wrong. Okay. The fact that Marty wants it back off the sidewalk, the fact that our dear client does not, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So we always, Seth here always shares that story because it's very important, ladies and gentlemen, today on the Grow Show, powered by steel, that we understand that expectations matter. It isn't wrong to do it either way. It's about what your clients value. And that's the point that I want to get across to you. How do we create a training program for quality? Well, first of all, I think it's important that you not just train on everything, okay? And if you have one person that's designing and has a whole say over all the training, that's wrong. There has to be other input. You've got to be looking at things from a horticulture perspective. What will the crew spend 80% of their time doing? It really does not make any sense to get the whole team together and train them on lawn aerations. There's a couple people in your company doing lawn aerations. Don't just check the box and do a company-wide training on lawn aerations. Do not just do a company-wide training on spittle bugs, okay? That's not going to benefit everyone. What are you doing 80% of the time? Let's work on that and let's be mindful of that and get them really good at the basics. Safety, all right? What are the basics they must know? What are you up late at night worrying about somebody getting hurt at? Where have you had workers' comp claims? Where have you had injuries? For example, in the Midwest, I think every single company should train on the positive identification of poison ivy. All right? Poison ivy historically has been our number one workers' comp claim, believe it or not. We've practically eliminated the problem from the company in the last 10 years by training to what it is. And we have a saying, leaves a three, let it be. We've got all these diagrams. We do it once a year with the entire company for about six or seven minutes. We post the picture on our private Facebook page. Some, And there's some other things that we post around here on monitors. But we're training on poison ivy because that's something that everyone out in the field can get their hands into. Where have you had injuries? Where have you had back problems? We had someone a few years ago had a pretty serious injury with a hedge trimmer. He was didn't keep both hands on it, okay? and took it off and it sliced his finger pretty good. So we have that person involved in the proper use of training. And basically he says, don't do this. You, you could cut your finger off like I almost did. Okay. So it's, it's important on the training equipment. What machines are they operating daily? We don't train everyone on how to use a chainsaw, a lovely steel chainsaw. You know why? Because not everyone in the company is using the chainsaw. It's a select few people that are signed off on that one. All right, so we're not going to show everyone how to do that. That's not, that's not time well spent. What equipment do they need to know how, how to use from day one? We do company-wide training on weed eating. We do company-wide training on blowing. We do company-wide training on how to start a steel weed eater or a steel blower. All right, we have a lot of their electric battery-operated equipment, which is awesome. And there's some nuances about that. There's a couple little filters we've realized have to be kept clean. So there's things that you train on. You, you don't train for the exceptions that you do once a year. You train for what you do 80% of the time. And that's what you train on. We're going to put in the show notes a list of the topics that we train on. So you can see some of that stuff. I, I think it's important. But there's two kinds of things we do. We we do professional training and we kind of do a technical training, if you will. So we'll, we'll talk about it. But 
quality reaches beyond horticulture. There also has to be a positive experience with our clients working with us. So training to that, quality has a lot to do with that as well. We need to know how to train. And I, I think the, the biggest thing that I get across to you today on The Grow Show, powered by steel, is that you got to prioritize the most important or impactful training topics. Some of those things that, that matter that you can get focused on in terms of quality, how to properly plant a tree, how to face the tree in the right spot so that it gets the most beautiful side from the best vantage point. What does a good bed edge look like? What does a good lawn mowing job look like? And then having pictures of good, better, and best. Uh, my good friend, Roger Sitkins, who's in the insurance agency, has a place outside of Atlanta, Georgia. In, and he told me of the golf course there where they have pictures that the staff can follow that says good, better, best. And it was the condition that the golf cart should be left in, you know, for the next member to go in and get in the golf cart. Can you post pictures of good, better, best? This is a good bed edge. This is a better bed edge. Here's the best, and this is why. So training is an all-encompassing thing, and it's important. Some other miscellaneous things as we, we get on the other side of this session today on training, I think it's very, very important for your team to get involved in the training. I will brag here for a moment. There is nobody in the company that is better to get up in front of everyone and talk about anything just because of what I do for a living as a professional speaker and a, and a consultant and a trainer than me. But when was the last time you think I ran a chainsaw on a job site? I'm 55. I was probably 25 years old. So 30 years ago. And really, you're going to have Marty be the one talk about chainsaw safety. I don't think that's very relatable. OK, even though I could do a great job with it. Get your team involved in the training. Get the people that are signed off on chainsaw safety to be involved in the teaching of chainsaw. It gets them engaged. It allows them to puff their chest out, to feel good about what they're doing. And you can take a back seat. That's how you grow a company too, folks, is by getting work done through other people. One of the things you may be thinking about right now, because over half of our workforce speaks Spanish, some of them that are from Mexico speak a little bit of English, but most of it's Spanish. We are fortunate that a couple of our guys are pretty fluent in Spanish and English translation, so we're able to work with that. We also bring in an interpreter regularly that helps with any kind of safety training, like the blower and the weed eater, the generalizations, we'll get a translator involved. We do a really good job of documentation in English and in Spanish. When we're showing PowerPoints, when I'm teaching or anyone else is teaching, the slides are in English and they're in Spanish. It's not that hard. There's, I don't know exactly how we do it. I think it's Google Translator. I know Emily in the Grow Group helps us with those slides, but you can figure it out. You Google it, all right? And make it more of a universal experience for everyone that everyone can gain from that. At the end of the day, as a philosophy here, we're always trying to meet in the middle with our language barriers. We'd like to see our English-speaking team members try to learn some Spanish, and we'd like to see our Spanish-speaking team members try to learn some English. Have a compromise, something the United States doesn't seem to be very good at right now, folks, without getting into too much politics. It'd be nice if we looked at things from both sides. All right, let's finish this up with some how to train. We've tried many strategies for training our team. And I can tell you that the single best way to train that makes it memorable and effective is the tell, show, 
do, teach method. Tell, show, do, teach. Number one, tell them. Tell them what you're training on. And this is very important. Listen up, folks. This might be the most important point I'll make today on the Grow Show powered by steel. Tell them why you're doing this. If you're going to teach on the proper installation of trees and shrubs and perennials, tell them why. That we don't want to have a callback. That's very expensive. That will affect your bonus. We don't want a client unhappy with us. We want our properties to grow in beauty and value if it says, as it says in our mission statement. We are able to do that very, very well. Get someone on your team, if bilingual, if the, if the language thing is a problem, get a bilingual person to help you or hire a translator. I think when someone understands why you're training and the importance of it, I think it sits in better. And I think us leaders and owners often take for granted that our teams just understand why they do the work they do or why the company trains. I wouldn't assume that. I would drive this home. This is an opportunity for you to talk about how a lot of companies don't train and you do and what a difference it makes, okay? We sit at the front of the bus. We're up there in the front. We're not really paying attention to what anyone else is doing in the back of the bus. The front seat, which is where all of us watching this today are, we just kind of take it for granted that everybody on the bus knows where the bus is going. Talk about it with them. What is your vision, your mission, your core values? What's the company's goals? So number one, tell them why we're training and where we're going. Number two, show them. Show them how you did what you just told them about. Ensure that everyone can see and hear you. I'm a big stickler for that. We have speakers out on the back pad. We wear wireless microphones when we teach. When we come inside, we have speakers inside the building that work off the same sound system. I spent a couple thousand bucks to have a professional sound system here so that people can hear you. Because if they can't hear you, and with 90 people on the payroll here now at Grunder, that's, that circle is too big for somebody to be speaking without a microphone. So make sure, however big or small your team is, make sure they can hear you and make sure they can see the demonstration very, very clearly. The demonstration part of it is very helpful in overcoming the language barrier. Follow an agenda for training. We're also going to include this in the show notes. We go through a specific agenda when we train. We start with the state with our mission statement and our core values. We ask if anyone's seen anything safe from the last since our last train. Do you see anything unsafe? And then we ask, what did we train on last week? And what were the big three takeaways from last week? Sometimes we'll do a little quiz. If it's a demonstration, we'll ask someone to come up to a chainsaw that wasn't started and tell us, how do you start this and how do you get ready to do it? We'll put people on the spot. We'll introduce this week's training and the trainer teaching it. And then we'll do the see one, do one, teach one method. We'll recap with the three biggest takeaways and we'll wrap it up and we'll do a little teaser for next week of what we're going to do. And again, I rattled that through real quick. They're in the show notes. You can go see them and see where it is. At the end of the day, let me wrap up with some final tips for training. Whenever you can, make it fun. Jonathan and Josiah Peterson in Hondo, Texas, where we just had Grow in 2023 at, they do a lot of fun things. They do Olympics with backpack blowers and beach balls. They do equipment rodeos. I've been to their place several times. Their people have a smile on their face. And I am married to a kindergarten teacher. She just retired, but she taught kindergarten for several years. And my wife made learning fun. And you've got to do the same thing. I'm not telling you that you have kindergartners working for you. That's not what I'm saying. Don't anybody put words in my mouth. But make it fun, all right? Hand out prizes. Do funny things. We have a pylon safety suit that I'll wear once in a while to training. 
What do you think everybody does when Marty walks out into the circle with a pylon suit on, okay? Is there a noisemaker you can do? Can you create a game? How can you do it? So tell, so show, all right? Have, make it fun. Do. This is when the team gets a chance to take action, to do what you just told them how to do. You know, if you're if you're teaching on the proper planning techniques, have a couple Stella de Ora daylilies and let them teach, let them plan them, show them how to do it. If you're teaching on chainsaw safety, let them fire the saw up. They got all the safety protection on and let them go through a small walk in a 100% safe environment. We can often do this together too. And we can help others if we need to and step in. Now, this next tip is the world according to Marty, but I got a real problem with people that, that they just present. Present means you just walk out in front of everybody, drop all these lessons on them and do the infamous, any questions? Don't present, teach, teach. You stop as you go along. Tell me what you've learned so far, Jeremy. Tell me what the biggest point is. Hey, Bob, you have an inquisical look on your face. What's wrong? Do you not understand? Am I talking too fast? You know, make it interactive, all right? Coach team members as they go through this. Encourage questions. Point out those that are doing it well, all right? Tell, show, do, and then teach. We think the best teaching truly comes from those who know how to do the stuff, having them help teach. If we're going to teach on chainsaw safety, we want someone teaching chainsaw safety that uses a chainsaw. If we're going to teach on how to properly plant plants, we're going to get the crew involved and have them share. All right. And when you're doing that, not only are you making it very relatable, the teachers, again, like I said before, they got a chance to really feel good about what they're doing. So a couple takeaways and we'll wrap it up. Quality sells, folks. It's always your best form of advertising. Be careful. Quality is in the eye of the beholder. So let's make sure expectations are very, very clear. Remember my story about Sedum and making one of our dear clients cry because we didn't have the expectations clearly noted on the work ticket. And then train your team on what quality means. Make them understand that they're always being watched. Tell them, show them, do one. Tell, show, do, teach. All right, that's how it goes. And then let me wrap up with this saying that I've used for years. Your external quality and your external customer service will never exceed your internal quality and your internal customer service. My facility is clean. Our trucks are clean. Our people are clean. People's desks are clean because we want our job sites clean. All right. We do a quality job around here. We're going to do a quality job on the job site, making sure. There's a lot of smart teachers involved in your organization today. Maybe I help wake you up about a couple opportunities for teaching on quality, but I hope you're thinking about somebody that you can have help you teach and get them all involved. For The Grow Show, this is Marty Grunder. I want to thank Steele, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Grow Show. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and head to growgroupinc.com for more information and resources to grow your landscaping business. A special thanks to the folks at Steel, whose support makes this podcast possible and whose reliable handheld power equipment makes our drives easier daily. We'll talk to you next week.